0: Well, please turn again to the passage we read, Luke chapter 8, and the section verse 4 through 21. And um, if you didn't notice the theme as we read it, you should have picked it up from some of the songs at least. Um, it's, uh, it's there throughout the whole of that, that portion that we read, and it's summed up, I would say, in one sentence in verse 18. Which says where, where the Lord Jesus said this. Therefore, take heed how you hear. that that, that is right the way through this section. I mean, it's um, the parable at the beginning sh- shows that a message from God's word, and I'm going to get this in early. A message from God's word is outcome is more dependent on the person who's listening than on the person who's speaking. Okay, so that's my excuse. <laughs> But here, here in this parable, the same sower is sowing the same seed, but the outcome is dependent upon who's hearing and how they're hearing, isn't it? So, therefore, therefore, take heed how you hear, because that is really, really important. Okay, that's my that's my excuse, got in. Um, but it, but it, you know, it is a serious it is a serious point because we, you know, we can become experts in critiquing preachers me, and I suppose it's a particular <laughs> uh, problem when you're looking for a new pastor because that's what you're going to be doing but we do need to keep an eye on our own hearts and take heed how we personally, individually hear um, the pre- preacher in view really in that parable is, um, is Jesus himself isn't it primarily really and you can't get a better preacher than that but the outcome was very different in different people's lives. You know, some were listening for a way to accuse him. Many didn't believe. Many hated him for what he was saying, and and some believed. Very mixed responses. And the, the, we have a very similar situation even now, because if you're familiar with the early chapters of the Book of Revelation, we have there um, teaching given by the Ascended Lord Jesus Christ in glory now. And there are seven letters dictated concerning seven churches. And in each of them, therefore seven times over, we have this statement. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. It's the same thing, the same concept that we have in verse 8 of our passage. When he had said these things, he cried, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. He's putting a huge responsibility on us as listeners, upon them as listeners, and obviously filtering down on us as listeners now, which is the, the Ascended Lord who moves among his churches and the Holy Spirit who teaches us. So we see it, first of all, in the parable. Secondly, we see it in the illustration of the lamp on a stand, verse 16. It shows that this message must go out... And be spread abroad. We must listen in such a way that we are able to tell others. And thirdly, verses 18 through 21, if you don't use it, you lose it. You might think, "Wow, yeah, we hear a load of really good sermons in this church, but what are you doing with it? What are you doing with them? That's the question. If you don't use it, you lose it. And what you think you've got actually comes to nothing and the real spiritual family of the Lord Jesus Christ are those who, the last verse of our our reading, are those who hear God's word and do it. So take heed, how you hear, is a consistent theme throughout the whole of of this. The word take heed, actually, um, the, the Greek word that's translated there, take heed, is a word that is sometimes translated behold behold how you hear that's kind of like using two senses at once isn't it, look at how you listen Uh, look at it look into the way you listen look into the way you are hearing God's message examine your listening process and your use the use you make of what you are hearing or reading or learning from God's word Look into it, think about it, behold, take heed on what, you, um, what you're listening to. Now I want to do two talks on this section, because I'm, I'm due to come in a month's time, so there'll be a bit of a gap between the two, but for tonight I just want to look at the first three soils in the parable of the seeds, the, the sower the seeds or the soils. Just the first three, the first three of them, and then to look at the, the rest of the, the passage, the good soil and the, other, the rest of the reading, um, hopefully in a month's time. So for tonight then, looking really mainly at verses 11 through 14, Jesus' explanation of the parable, um, take heed how you hear, because there are many hindrances. Many hindrances. And hindrance number one is our hard hearts take heed how you hear because of many hindrances and first of all the hindrance of our hard hearts so here's a here's a field you know you know this parable extremely well i'm sure you do here's a field and maybe there's a path goes around the edge or maybe the path goes through the middle a foot foot path or perhaps even something bigger than that where people might take carts and things like that in those days um, and the, the seed is, is scattered everywhere, including the pathway. And the seed is a symbol in this parable of, of God's truth, God's word, God's message that we should be listening to. And it's a lovely illustration of, of God's truth, isn't it? Because a seed is something that's very small, but it can do big things. You know, it can really transform. When, it, when it's planted, it grows, it sprouts, it grows, and it brings forth. It's, it's a tiny little thing, almost insignificant, really. Some of them just look almost like dust, um, but it, it's got life in it. it you know, it, it's, not a, it's not a speck of sawdust that's dead. It's a, it's a seed that's got life in it and that can really grow and do something and achieve something in a person's life. So that's the picture of God's word. And there, there are, but there are birds. And um, anybody like pigeons? No, they're, they're probably one of the most disliked birds. I think, aren't they, pigeons? Um, but anyway, there were birds. I don't know whether they were pigeons or what they were, but there were birds, and they will—they will—they will scavenge everywhere, are not they? They scavenge anywhere. Uh, they scavenge on the good soil, the rocky soil, the thorny soil, and on the pathway. But their job is ever so much easier on the pathway because elsewhere the seed will, you know, go and crack fall into little crevices and so on in the soil and be hidden but on the pathway it's so hard the seed just bounces off and it's there just to be picked up dead easy by by the birds and this is an illustration that jesus used to to remind us that actually there is an enemy the devil does not want anybody to hear god's truth he is, a, he is a liar, and he has been a liar from the beginning. You go right the way back to the first book of the Bible, the early chapters of the Bible, Garden of Eden, he was, he was sowing, <laughs> sowing seeds of doubt, unbelief, and disobedience right from the beginning. He does not want any of us to know God's truth. He wants to pluck it away as soon as he can. And his job is made so much easier by our hard hearts now I don't know is there anybody here whose whole life is characterized like this you don't want to know what God is saying is there anybody like that? I really hope there isn't but there could be there could be someone who's here Well, because you're dragged along or you're embarrassed in the coming or whatever it might be but you actually, your attitude is I, I don't really, I'm not interested I'm not interested I don't really know. want to know what God is saying I, I don't want God to deal with me I don't want to have any, any, any changes, I'm okay as I am uh, I want to just be left alone and maybe your practice is to zone out when the sermon comes along or maybe the whole service I don't want to know. People say things like, why should we take any notice of this old book, for example? Well, it is old. It is an old book. Of course it is. We know that. Can't deny that. But it's a life. That's the thing, isn't it? It's a life. It's a living book that really can, like a seed that looks dead, but actually has life in it. And the Bible's very much like that, isn't it? It looks old and it is old, but it has life in it. it would be taken up by God and bring life to us as well. But, is there anybody that, please don't be like that. Please don't. Because you are missing the very, very best. You know, in the parable, who would want to be the path, actually? You wouldn't want to be the path, would you? It's the worst thing to be. Don't be like that. Please don't be like that. But what what, what to do if this is you? You know, this could be someone who just hears the message about the Lord Jesus once and never again. One opportunity and never again. Or it could be someone who hears the message of the Lord Jesus over and over and over again. Many, many, many times. But it never seems to get, it, get anywhere or to do anything in their life. Never has an impact. This is actually really serious business because verse 12 says this lest they should believe and be saved. Lest they should believe and be saved. This is a matter of salvation. Now what would you say to somebody who ignores the doctor's advice? You know? Maybe nagged into going to the doctor. It's often men, isn't it? That get nagged, you know. I don't know why, but you know maybe that's a little bit of stereotyping, but you know, why don't you go to the doctor? Ah, you know. Um, and eventually goes. Comes home. What did he say? What did the doctor say? What did she say? What did she do? What did she do? Oh, nothing, nothing. There's nothing to worry about, you know. Actually, she gave you a form for a blood test, or an X-ray, or a sample, or something like that. Oh no, 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 nothing. nothing. What would you say to somebody? I mean, would anybody here do that? No <laughs> well, what would you just say to somebody if they did? You found out. What would you say to the first time flyer who absolutely ignored all the, you know, um, this is where that comes down from and that's under the seat and this is that and and didn't take any notice at all of any of that? First time flyer. What would you say to them? What would you say to the person who ignores the little red man? It doesn't make for the little green man. What would you say? What would you say to the person who hears the wonderful message of forgiveness? As to don't want to know. What would you say? Because actually that's even more important. Because this is about eternal salvation. This is about changing a destiny of hell into one of heaven. Guilt Forgiveness, death, of serious business. And take heed how you hear, because some people, they see the word is snatched away. They don't want to know their heart. Their heart is hard. They don't want to know, Le- and it means they will not believe, and they will not be saved. So what to do if this is you? Well, the simple answer is you need a miracle, actually. You need a miracle. You need something to change inside you. Something about your attitude to be radically changed. And that could be quite a painful process. You know, not thinking so much in terms of the fork, but more in terms of the soil, you know, having the fork dug in. I mean, that's quite a, rap- quite a violent thing, isn't it? To dig up a pathway that's being well com- compacted. And this process could be quite painful for us because it will involve an awareness of sin. You know, I am not actually the good person I thought I was. And actually, I'm not good enough for God. And actually, I don't deserve heaven. That is a painful thing to acknowledge. There's no getting getting away from it. it. It hurts. It breaks our pride. It humbles us. And I'm so needy that actually the perfect God had to become man and die in a horrible way because of me and that's a painful thing to acknowledge. And sometimes it comes through circumstances of life that are difficult, troublesome. And we realise, actually, I can't really function on my own. I'm not totally independent, and I'm not self-sufficient, and I do need help from outside. And actually, ultimately, I actually really do need help from God. Jesus spoke as you'll know in John chapter 3 to a man who knew the Bible ever so well Nicodemus he was one of the great teachers of the land he knew the Bible you know Bible Bible trivia quiz he'd know all the answers He he knew the Bible must have done but Jesus said to him most assuredly I say to you unless one is born again he cannot see the kingdom of God most assuredly I say to you unless one is born of water and the spirit he cannot enter the kingdom of God do not marvel that I said to you you must be born again here's the miracle that we all need or have needed before we would actually receive God's truth and respond to it and if this is you that's what you need so ask God to do that for you be brave enough to do that Ask God to do that to you and pray for each other in that way. I'm sure you do. Paul wrote in a similar way, Ephesians 2, and you he made alive who were dead in transgressions and sins. But also, would you acknowledge this, that even after we are alive to God, have been born again and are believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, we can have times in our lives when we don't want to hear anymore or we can have areas of our lives where we say, I'm not really interested in what God says about that. You know, we can be a bit like um, I love doctrine and theology especially if it's controversial. You know, what's the preacher going to say about that verse? Maybe there's a verse in the reading tonight you thought, "Oh, that's interesting." Wait till next week, next month, rather, next month. Um, but then there are other subjects that maybe practical Christian living, maybe love your neighbours, yourself, maybe biblical teaching on use of money or being a good husband or a wife or parent or child you think oh, that's not very interesting I don't, I don't want it I'm quite happy the way I am so we have to acknowledge that we all may have hard parts of our hearts that we actually don't want God to touch let's acknowledge that and try to be accountable for that perhaps the other things you can do if you find you know it could just be that you got a bad memory and no matter what the message was, you've forgotten forgotten it by tomorrow, well, take notes. Easy enough. Take notes. Then if you have forgotten, well, you can look it up. Listen to the recording. Discuss the message. Dig it in, you know? Talk it over with somebody else. Don't just change the subject immediately after the service take a few minutes at least afterwards and say oh, i didn't quite understand that bit can you help me there found that really hard i just lost concentration for a while what did he say at that point no, no. Well, i wasn't listening either oh help each other you know don't ask me um, take notes how about getting a good night's sleep oh we're quitting tonight today on me you know we all had a good, we all had an extra hour but you know sometimes Unless you work nights, of course. I don't know. What happens if you work nights on last night? I don't know. You have to work an extra hour, I suppose. But we all, you know, what you do Sunday Sunday morning starts on Saturday night, doesn't it? So that's one hindrance. Hindrance number two, so hindrance number one is our hard hearts. Hindrance number two is our half-heartedness. And only the top half grows (laughs) <laughs> you know, it only grows upwards and go down It's shallow, shallow soil, rocky, stony can't go down very far but it does go up no deep roots all its growth virtually all its growth is upwards and visible shoots up joyfully not necessarily more joyfully than other soils but joyfully <coughs> maybe a bit more joyfully, maybe not but it shoots up joyfully, "Wow, great as a great Christian." How easy it is to concentrate on the things that other Christians will see and say, "They're really going on with God." They hear, they hear a message and they they're off. Zoom. They love it. They love it. Joyful. But it's all visible. And none of the secret stuff actually gets done. You know? Shut yourself away in private and pray. Even if nobody else knows anything about it, God does. Going down deep into God. Can we all be a bit like that? Yeah, I'll do the things that other Christians will notice. And I'll get some ticks. I'll get some merit. I get some approval but actually spending time alone with God reading the Bible by myself praying by myself seeking after God by myself did anybody find that easy? the hard things that only God sees but are so important for a start God deserves it doesn't he? he deserves to have us talk to him he deserves to have us think about him and spend time with him. He deserves it, like a, like an elderly parent. You know how tragic an elderly parent whose child never rings them or visits. You know they deserve it, don't they? They deserve it. And the time they've given to their children, and then to have nothing in response, no communication. Well, God deserves. It. I don't want. I don't want to. Pull up tug on your heartstrings. I mean, in a glorious way. God deserves to have us talk to Him and worship Him, whether publicly, where other everybody else can see us, or privately, where nobody but He sees us. He deserves it, but also we need it because. Oh dear, have you had, have you have you been in this situation, when a hard time comes, and you really need to pray? and you almost feel like a hypocrite. You say to God, Lord, I'm sorry, I haven't spoken to you very much recently, but now I need some, I need some help. But you, say, you say, God, I hardly feel as if I know you. Because I haven't felt down, down deep. Well, that's what happened here. See, when, tr- when trouble came, there was no root. It had all been done for show. Half-heartedness. Just the top half. It's the green part, not the brown part. Let's have deep roots. Let's let's get down into God. Dig deep, know Him well, so that so that well because He deserves it. And we need it, and when difficulties are to come, testings, trials, troubles, we have a deep relationship, a deep faith, a real faith with God. So what to do, if this is you? Well, do receive God's word with joy. But maybe sometimes we need to receive God's word with sorrow first. You know, the digging down deep. Yeah, you've shown me my, something in my life that needs to change. Maybe we need to not always be joy. But, you know, I did a series on joy, didn't I? So I don't <laughs> want to completely say, ah. Uh, but. Sometimes you have to go through sorrow to joy, like the people actually in Nehemiah's time did. The strength is in the joy, but the process might be through the sorrow. We need to face some things and get close to God that the joy may come. Temptations are to be fought. Battles are to be won. So do grow upwards, yes. Do. Absolutely do, of course. Of course. Receive the word with joy and do... Go upwards, but also go downwards. Spend time with God. Prayer, Bible study. Hindrance number three is hardships and happiness. Verse 14, choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life. Cares are tri- trials, difficult hardships, aren't they? Cares. And pleasures and riches are happiness. Happiness is of life. But they can both be hindrances. Both of them can. Hardships can turn us away from God when they should make us call out to Him. If we measure God's love for us by how happy we are, then when we're not happy, we think, God doesn't love me anymore. But how do we know how God loves us? God demonstrates His love to us in this that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5, verse 8. And that will never change. And that's where our security is. And that's where we go down deep. That's where our... We don't measure by how happy or how healthy or or how rich we are. We thank God for that if we are. But we don't measure God's love in that way. We measure it by the Lord Jesus Christ. But also pleasures can throttle... um, can throttle, throttle our spiritual life as well, can't they? So when hardships, well, they should make us pray. But sometimes they make us bitter. And happiness should make us thankful. Whereas it can make us self-sufficient, complacent, and uncaring. For example, money, whether you have it or whether you don't. It's tricky. Health, whether you have it or whether you don't can affect us in either way, can't it? Loneliness, or having loads of family and friends around us all the time, can affect us both both ways. Hardships and happinesses. We have to be careful. Does anybody here know a Christian who has neither happiness nor um, problems, hardships? Anybody know anybody like that? You know, everything is just absolutely boring. No, absolutely... (laughs) Just nothing, no happiness, no hardship, never. Just anybody know anyone like that? If they do. If you do, tell them. Come and tell me what their secret is. And we all have them, don't we? Everybody has happiness. Some happinesses, and everybody has some hardships. We all have them. Now the problem is how do, the issue is how do we deal with them? You know, because they can bring us down or they can bring us up. If we relate to them well. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said. I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry. Both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now he didn't always know that. He said I have learned. I have learned. He's learned how to deal with the thorns and the thistles. He's learned how to deal with the the riches and with the poverty, with the cares and and with the pleasures of life. He learned how to do that, and we need to learn how to do that as well. Otherwise, those thorns and thistles will threaten us. Take heed how you hear, because there are many hindrances, and even happiness can be a hindrance to spiritual growth and development in our walk with God. He learned how to, to deal with those let me ask you a question. Where has your mind been wandering this evening? No, don't tell me. I don't, really don't want to know, actually. It would be heartbreaking. But where has your mind been wandering? It's not at the moment, is it? No, I've got your attention now. But where, where has your mind been wandering? And it's very likely it has either been wandering onto some great worry that you have because that's what worries do. They worry us. Worry and worry, 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 worry. And it's very hard not to think about them. Those are the hardships. Or your mind has been wandering onto some daydream, some pleasure, some new thing, a possession, hope, plan, person, whatever it might be, been wandering off onto some happiness. And rather than thinking about what the Word of God says, you've been all over the place. What if this morning, I don't know what the message was on this morning, what if this morning someone was telling you about, about the love of God in the Lord Jesus Christ? And your mind was somewhere else. And you missed it you missed the best because you were daydreaming about something else or even you were worrying about something else whereas actually that message could have been exactly what you needed to hear to put that worry straight we have to take heed how we hear, don't we because we really need this seed we really need this word we really need god's truth in our lives I'll just mention, just mention the good soils, a little bit of a taster for a month's time. See if you can guess what the next H is. Take heed how you hear, because the farmer is looking for a. Come on, I thought it was easy. Harvest, yes. The farmer is looking for a harvest. Okay, so here's some homework. of course the farmer is looking for, the, for a harvest. Why else would he be sowing seeds? Here's the homework. What is the harvest? In, in, this, in this parable, in this section, what is the harvest? And how do you make sense of that puzzling little quotation from Isaiah? Seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. In the light of verse 16, no one, when he's lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel and puts it under a bed. Okay, that's a bit more of a tricky one. How do you put those two statements together? Because they're right, almost next to each other, aren't they? i talked in parables, so seeing they may not see, but nobody lights a lamp and puts it under a vessel. How do you put those two together? Hasn't he, isn't he just done what he said nobody does? I think there's an answer, but you'll have to wait a month. (laughs) But for tonight, take heed how you hear, because there are many hindrances. Our hard hearts, our half-heartedness, and hardships, and happiness.